Hey everybody and welcome once again to the Study in Games podcast by Little Rock Games where we each take turns picking games and talking about them as developers and as players and really getting off track doing all sorts of fun stuff. I am Olivia. I'm Brad. I'm Joe. I'm Robbie. And I'm Tanner. And this month, uh, as part of our season of procedurally generated games, uh, I decided to pick a game that you, if you are in any way have been paying attention to video games at all in the last, like, month, you probably have heard people talk about, and that is Valheim, uh, which is a game that came out last month, uh, developed by Iron Gate Studio and published by Coffee Stain Studios, and it is a really cool stylistic sort of um, Viking theme survival game like voxel survival awesomeness game and uh, and yeah we've been playing it all month and we've been playing it some together some separate and we've had some really good experiences and um, so what are some of your initial thoughts about the game? I have to I have to say this is Brad and I have to say that I have literally been playing it all month like like <laughs> since you announced last month and i downloaded it right after we recorded the last podcast that i have done nothing else but play this game i have not slept i have not eaten <laughs> i'm i'm a wave a shadow of my former self but uh yeah no that that is to say that i've been playing this way too much this <laughs> month um but yeah, that's that's my first uh, my first thought to throw out. What about you guys? Well, Brad, I actually calculated. I'm pretty sure you've worked more than a full time job at the game for the last month. You're not supposed to say that part out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just but. for the record, we we all share um, our friends on Steam, and so we can look at oh, each no. other's calculation or our calculations. And Brad, by far, is the winner with 181 plus hours of play yeah i've been staying like especially the first two weeks of this month i was staying up till between 2 and 4 a.m almost not quite nightly but often playing this uh especially on the weekends when i didn't have to get up and do that kind of stuff um which is to say this might be my favorite game that we've ever uh, reviewed or whatever we call this uh, that we've we've ever played together. So thank you, Olivia, for You're well, welcome. My wife, now, hold my on wife does not life. thank you. Hold on a second, though, because <laughs> I I don't want to let the cat out of the bag here, Brad. But I also looked at your Elder Scrolls Online hour count. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, we that still one review doesn't that count. <laughs> yeah, we were. So Brad, I've been do playing you... that since. It hold came on, out hold since on. Beta. I want to ask the rest of the team <laughs> if anyone wants to take a guess at how many hours Brad has played Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Anybody want to take a guess? Two thousand. I don't keep even going. know how many keep hours going. I have. Keep going. I, have to check. I was I was going to guess thirty five hundred. Wow, that's very close. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, Jesus. I think uh, it's the last I checked it around this about a week ago when I was looking at your at Brad at your yeah. other hours and um, <laughs> when I was signing your paycheck. Putting Brad right. on blast here. <laughs> Seriously. No, it was like thirty five sixty eight, I think was the number. It's right now it's thirty five eighty five point six hours. But okay, a couple of caveats. I've been playing since it was in beta, which was a long time ago. And and two, um, it 
it logs the hours that you leave the launcher open. Ah. So there have been multiple, multiple mm -hmm. times when I would just quit the game, but the launcher would still be open. Sure. And that would count for days. Uh -huh. so like yep. 24 hours. Sure. I mean, yep. is there is there 3,000... 585 hours in as yeah. many years. That's many all, years well, that? that's my favorite uh, musical. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one of the Kingdom Hearts games? Nice rent <laughs> reference, Robbie. Wow. Pulling out sweet. Is that 90s? Is that a 90s musical? I think it uh -huh. is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, Brad, I I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but I, 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 too I have late. <laughs> what they call mad respect for the fact that you have 3,600 hours in a, in a video game. So please right. don't take any of this as Thank a, you. as a, like calling you out. I was, I was stunned and enthralled by the fact that you had that many hours on ESO. So. Oh, thank I'm, you. In my head, I'm going to pretend that you. Brad's spent... the realest gamer. Of exactly. Us. I'm going to. I'm not going to believe you when you say it was the launcher. I'm just going to pretend that. Okay. That you did every <laughs> like all of that was like mining for something in a cave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm totally sidetracked us here. So. That's okay. The uh, so, podcasts are often about sidetracks. So what what are your thoughts about Ballheim then, Joe? <laughs> my thoughts. Um, so back uh, when when Minecraft was looking for uh, people to back it and they were like before it became really famous and popular, um, I was like, I have no idea why someone would play that game. And it turns out I was completely wrong and it people really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and if only I'd invested a few dollars, you, I'd probably be say. really wealth right, wealthy right now. Um, but what it turns out that Valheim finally helps me understand why people like Minecraft. Cause I didn't, I literally still didn't get it. Um, but in Valheim, I found my little Minecraft pleasure zone. So <laughs> I guess that's my initial thought. <laughs> You're going to have to elaborate on that here in a little bit, but <laughs> Hey, it, it is whatever you make it. <laughs> so I was actually going to say the same thing. Um, Pleasure yeah. zone and all? <laughs> well, maybe not not worded the same way. But um, no, I it sort of made me realize that I think, and I, I've never been this sort of gamer, but I think my problem with Minecraft is the graphics because Valheim doesn't have the most amazing graphics ever, but it had just enough that... I guess somehow I was able to invest in what I was building more so than Minecraft. Yeah, and with Minecraft, I always felt like I get like, it's like, it's like tugging at, or it's like phantom, like a phantom limb or something. Like I get why I should like this, but <laughs> something's not clicking. But with Valheim, it was like, I don't know. Uh, oh, you know what? To bring it back to the MMO, it like the, the closest that I've ever like felt the pull to play a game was like when I used to play World of Warcraft. And it was just like something about this is just rewarding me over and over again. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, yeah. For the for the same reasons that I should enjoy Minecraft. So I'm I'm glad that you said that. Aww. <laughs> I feel less alone. Good, me too. What about you, Tanner? Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting because uh having played a lot of Minecraft as well, especially in high school, uh there are definitely similarities. Um, but they, they scratched different itches, in my opinion. Um, and I, I'm really just sort of blown away with how quickly Valheim has blown up. Um, 
and I, I have some some thoughts about uh, how that's become more of a trend in games, I feel like, over the last couple of years. Uh, but in terms of Valheim specifically, uh, it does like so many things that it tries to do. It does them just right. Uh, yeah. As specifically the the world generation, um, I, I think is is pretty phenomenal in terms of the spaces it generates uh, and how it looks and feels when you're in those spaces. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I do feel like that it's worth talking about that sort of genre of the sort of survive, I guess, survival builder or just Minecraft likes. I, I don't know that there's an actual very very clear like. Survival Word craft for a yeah um, yeah generally survival crafting usually voxel based yeah um I mean and 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 I played a few of them I've tried to play some of them I like again like Tanner said the two of us played Minecraft a whole lot yeah when we were in high school and it was the sort of and to me it was sort of like my first I you know thinking back it might be my sort of first time i ever engaged with a procedural game <laughs> mm -hmm. um and so to in that way it was very very huge for me and 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 obviously it was clearly influential right um and i feel like the genre has sort of struggled to innovate um honestly up until i guess now um in some ways like th they've done different things and and i don't know there's been a lot of um like they, there's been a lot of versions of it that have done things that are not fun to me like rust yeah. i absolutely cannot i cannot play that game like i i and and, right. and brad you might speak to this because i know you're, you mentioned your kids play it yeah. um yeah. but i just absolutely am am absolutely i i just feel like it doesn't work um and but now this this what Valheim does and what I one reason I was really excited to play it is I feel like it's did one thing that that genre has really needed which is innovate and make it be about and make it look and feel different right make it thematically do something interesting yeah, um and and yeah so i feel like that's one of the big things that's kept me coming to it is the world has felt not like the same thing over and over again it's not you know because even games that do really cool innovative stuff like the forest uh, which i would even put in this genre which tanner's played a little bit more of than i have um, and that game's really incredible with the way it handles like um uh, like simulating AI of like the the sort of enemies and the horror elements in that game, um, but even then it still is like okay we're on an island there's trees I have to cut down the trees and I have to build the house and then you know um, and this game still does that but like even just the fact that it looks and feels so different makes it really really work for me it doesn't feel like I'm just playing the same game over and over again. Yeah, I felt like I was really building something and I still and 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 it does scratch that same itch that I felt in Minecraft where like, I want to take this whole plot of land and build a castle here. And over here is going to be where I put this thing. And, you know, I have fields here and I want to, I want to make something, you know, and then there's also all the exploration elements and things like that. But I think one of the things that keeps me, it's, well, well, Joe, you were saying how you kind of didn't understand the pull of, uh, of Minecraft when it came out. And I, I think that when games like that, when Minecraft especially came out, people were trying to argue that it wasn't a game, that it was more of a toy and that whole dichotomy, um, and that it was just like digital Legos and stuff like that. But Minecraft was one of the first games that I remember, or, or definitely 
one of the bigger games that I, I ever remember where the game itself, the, the, what made it a game was the goals that you set and all of those individual, like what's driving you to do the next thing and to, to complete the next accomplishment. Um, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, points or achievements or bosses or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think Valheim keeps up with that too. You, uh, you know, you don't have to, I've only killed the first two bosses so far. Um, Same. and, and I, I only kind of want to kill the next one because there's, I can get the next, you know, I can get something else, but right now I'm really interested in building a kingdom or building a, something that feels authentic kind of in mm. a weird way. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's been just a huge, huge draw to me. I go to bed at night thinking about, you know, what I should build next in my little town that I've got and, uh, stuff like that. So that's been nice. Uh, and definitely a good escape and and i will say that the building in the game so like compared to minecraft right where the cool thing about it and the appeal is that each in individual individual block is placed right um sometimes that can be overwhelming like like okay i want to build a wall i don't want to have to stack them up four tall and then four wide right it's just yeah. like a it's a whole tedious thing right and it's still not it's still great and satisfying and it's a great game obviously there's a bajillion people that play it still but um but i really feel like valheim finds a really cool middle ground between giving you these letting you have the sort of constituent parts to build things yeah. Um, but not forcing you into specific designs for things when i first saw how limited the sort of number of things that it gives you to build with um, I was really worried that essentially that meant that you basically, in order to get them to fit together, you basically had to build houses a certain way and that sort of thing, but it doesn't do that at all. And I find that really impressive as well. I think those constraints of having a, basically a limited palette, uh, makes you bring out the creative side of it a whole lot more, yeah. um, in a lot of ways. Uh, at least I found that with, uh, with, with my builds. No, I, I absolutely agree that the the constraints that Valheim has are really what, what elevates it a lot, in my opinion. So the fact that it is kind of hard to terraform, especially compared to like yeah, things yeah. like Minecraft, where you can't just like level this mountain real quick and then build everything exactly how you want it. You have to kind of pick a spot that already works and, and work with the terrain in a very naturalistic part. way yeah yeah well, i really appreciate that that's always how i played minecraft and i always felt like i was doing it wrong because i didn't want to level the field <laughs> i wanted to build something on this hill and then it like yeah. just didn't really work that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, and, but then like the the supporting systems for the construction like the the smoke buildup and like the, the having mm -hmm. to to support the weight of the building like all those <laughs> constraints come together uh to just sort of push you towards building something that that looks really cool i found it a lot easier to build something even when i wasn't feeling particularly inspired that when i got done with it i was like oh that's actually that's pretty cool like yeah you know definitely you could live there right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well and the the thing i there are a couple things i mean there's so many ideas in my head right now but one is um, they've done a really nice job of procedurally smoothing uh, the terraforming. Um, so like, you know, when you, when you do the voxel work, right. Cause underneath the hood, it's just a bunch of cubes, but then 
on the fly, it does a pretty good job of rearranging the ground to handle the, the voxels. And, yeah. and I like, sometimes it's a little obvious. Like if you start like around the edges of the ocean, when I would try to build out, like to do like piers and stuff, you, you get like these weird cubic formations sometimes, but even those look kind of cool. Cause it looks like they've, like you've chipped away at the rock it, it kind yeah. of. So, mm -hmm. but, but overall it's, yeah. Like, um, just the technical aspects of the way they've handled not only the procedural generation of the world, but then the procedural uh, kind of reformation of land whenever you're terraforming is, is uh, it's just really solid and it, it feels very natural. So that's, that's awesome. Um, but just so I don't forget, we don't have to talk about it right now, but I'm really kind of fascinated by how much I loved just being like, somebody by myself living like next to the ocean <laughs> like yeah like, it was like a real sign to me going like, sailing like if i you know like if i end up like in the hebrides like in northern <laughs> scotland somewhere like in the end of my days i don't think i'll be in any trouble because i was like i would wake up every day after my sleeping and i'd be like oh good it's morning what am i gonna do today with my little like solitary house like on this like point and yeah. And it was just me. And I, at first, like, I don't know if you guys experienced this at all, but at first, like when I played solo, I felt kind of lonely, like, cause I was, I didn't have much stuff and I was trying to build a little hut and I was like, oh man, this is lame. I'd rather be with my friends. But then at, over time I was like, wait, this is nice. Like I'm alone, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is like my whole kind yeah. of, you know, uh, phenomenological, you know, reflection on it. But interestingly, I, I never played solo once. Really? Ah, um, I only ever yeah. played with with Tanner and with you guys. So, um, wow. Yeah. Tanner played I some did, solo, I think. At, right. At one, a yeah, he did bit. some. At one point, though, I was like, I really want to play, and I know you're doing this thing. I'm gonna go sail across the ocean and build a new house over there. Like I <laughs> built a whole like Goodbye, on the same server. Love. So technically, we played together. But I was, I, I sort of did have that moment of, you know what? I can go make. Mm -hmm. A, a little secret base and i per, sort of feel like that would be cool someday yeah meet <laughs> <laughs> wait is olivia is there something you want to tell tanner about the real world <laughs> do you have a secret base somewhere that he should know about it's been a long quarantine show i think everybody needs a secret base. <laughs> i've taken all the money for the mortgage and i've used it. <laughs> tanner you know that tree house that that's in our neighbor's yard i've actually been secretly living there oh yeah. right we can see it from our back porch, but anyway. I don't blame you. That's a pretty sick tree house. So. <laughs> Just like the one I built in Baja. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean it. It and so so I that's actually interesting because I I definitely felt and I think I told you this especially when we first brought you onto the server. Um, I was like, I I my impression when I first served after the first like five or ten or twenty hours of playing the game, I don't even know time toward totally disappeared while i was playing the game but yeah. um i really got the impression that i did not really want to play it solo at all um but mm -hmm. i really feel like that's only the case until about to where you can get really comfortable in like the black forest you know once you sort of get to that level of um like settled <laughs> yeah because i i really was like man like if if i had to go by myself into the black forest to get this stuff and i had nobody to watch my back while i was cutting down trees this would just be miserable i'd just be dying over and over again and I didn't really want that. So, um, but I do feel like um, 
that doesn't mean the game is like unplayable. It's just interesting the way it's balanced, right? Because also the second boss was very, very difficult, even with the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Tanner and I did it together, and it was still really, really hard, and we both died like four <laughs> when times. When do you see the third boss? Ooh. Oh yeah, <laughs> we haven't even tried it yet. Um, so so that's actually an interesting design problem to think about with games like this, right? Because um, because it's sort of designed to be a social experience, right? Because the world's yeah. really big. It's a sort of communal way you can build stuff and create. It, it, it sort of feels like you're making like a homestead or like a yep like a little, <laughs> little settlement as opposed to like you know an individual house often and just the mm-hmm. just the design of everything and the way that it just sort of feels mm-hmm. um, and the way that you know they have the built-in server mechanics and you just pop into servers and start building stuff and hang out with people or not um, it's a really interesting design problem I think because I do not think that they scale stuff based on like, as I don't think you can start like a server that's like scaled to like solo difficulty, right? Is that a thing? I don't, there's probably mods, but. I think yeah. it changes with how many people are actively on it. It scales yep. to the it time does? that okay. they're there. Yeah. Well, that actually yeah. makes sense then. Um, Cause yeah, I just didn't really get to see very much of that. Yeah. Cause From... the, the number of, I, I noticed it most in the crypts. Like I went and I mined like 300 iron by myself. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the, um, I noticed it because when, when I went with you guys into the crypts, there were way more um, like hardcore enemies in there than there were when I went by myself. Um, there were some, it was still a few times when I had to kind of, but, but there were just many fewer. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I would assume that it would work that way. I just didn't have any sort of, like confirmation of that so yeah yeah from what i've read in in the reddit forums and things in the valheim subreddit um (laughs) it's it's actually harder to kill uh the third boss called bone mass is supposed to be one of the most difficult in the game um and it's easier with two players than it is with five for that because it scales so much yeah that's really um, interesting. Yeah. See, uh, in fact, uh, one of the things I read said two is optimal uh, because you can kind of keep them, keep kiting them and keep drawing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, well, that's... Brad, I can tell you how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> how did you do it? Because I need to do that next. So I totally just um, <laughs> read up on like total cheese methods because I didn't think I could uh, do any of them by myself. Right. So it turns out if you find a, a really... A tall. Bah, un- bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm gonna well, take my headset no, off. Listen. I think I think I know what you're saying. It's, I think I read that too. It's not really. It's not really cheese. I mean, like if you find a really tall tree that can't be chopped down, yeah. just you just have to build platforms up to it high enough so that his right, right. his area attacks don't get you, and then you can just shoot arrows at him the whole time, and he can't do anything. But it takes like so. 45 minutes of shooting arrows at it, right? It does, unless you sneak <laughs> into the yeah. into the mountain biome and get frost arrows first. Which I did. <laughs> well, then frost arrows work like ten times better on him. You're gonna. That's be what I'm doing later tonight. Um, <laughs> I don't so, know if that's really cheese. That's also just like that's probably what our ancestors would have done. Right, <laughs> climb a tree. Right, that's, like that's exactly what a Viking would do. Let's find a creative solution to this problem. Sorry, I I've been shamed by the internet into believing that any any right. shortcut that is is not like charging in headfirst is is cheese. Yeah, um, yeah. You've but, been led to believe that by Olivia is, is what it is. 
<laughs> yes, because I used creative mode for a few minutes. She was so they were so hard on me. She I didn't Tanner, say anything. They were so, I I felt like I should just leave. They were like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, anyway, so that's actually an interesting thing to talk about because this game did introduce like a they didn't introduce it. it's a mod right that did create it that had like creative stuff and i saw a lot of people talking about how ways that that like sort of enhanced the game mm. um just because a lot of it is super tedious so i'm curious if you have any thoughts on that in general i mean you know how i feel about modding in general i don't <laughs> like to do it um but that's just a you know the way i like to play games no, <laughs> no it's totally and i was i was poking fun a little bit the truth is i i wanted to talk about this because i had like a long period of reflection after that that one night <laughs> Like, because it made me reflect on the complexity of the experience of doing something solo in a particular way, because it just makes it the most enjoyable for you. And in mm -hmm. my case, that meant yeah. going from scratch up to like everything I would have to mine in order to even just build like a forge, for instance, I was like, oh my God, I just don't have the time and energy for that. Mm -hmm. And so like playing by myself that way, I was like, this is cool. I'll just like, I want to build something interesting and kind of jumpstart my, my playthrough. And so I'll just, I'll turn on the creative mode and, and I'll just do that without mining all the resources. But then when I came into the, that server, you remember that night and I was like, Hey, I just wanted to, like, I didn't want to, like, I felt like I was cheating by not saying something about it. Like, which, like I felt like embarrassed. Like I had made myself like an iron pickaxe cause it would just work faster. And I was like, Oh, but I feel guilty because like these guys have been out there like, you know, churning away at the copper mine and I, I just like <laughs> hit the debug mode so I could create a pickaxe. But so I guess all of that is to say that I think it's a really interesting like experience to be caught between those two places. Yeah, um, and, and I will say that I do feel like Valheim tries to solve that problem by allowing you to create multiple characters so they like right yeah have mm -hmm. the two separate experiences if you want to um because i think i don't know if this is true or not so actually if anybody's listening do not quote me on this i feel like i remember reading an article that they were actually planning on adding a creative mode to the game i read uh, that to somewhere um i, I don't uh, but i don't know if they're you know because now it's so huge they probably have so many other problems to deal with you know? yeah yeah <laughs> um but and you know so that's probably why they would probably keep the character separate um mm -hmm. Just because it's a different experience, right? And I feel like they're both like because it's it's literally like because Minecraft literally has the two different modes too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also never played creative mode in Minecraft <laughs> because I felt like so to me with the with the survival game with the sort of survival crafting, I I I personally feel like the actual like the struggle of getting the resources and surviving and actually fighting the stuff and actually working your way up to the cool yeah. stuff is what makes the cool stuff worth worth yep. having, right? Yep. Um. And but but that's not to say like yeah so I did not try <laughs> to shame you for putting <laughs> no. your eye on the pickaxe. I was just like yeah bring Listen. it whatever I'm no. still gonna go get just don't try and like dump all your iron in our iron stores or something like well yeah, on that note there's, there's no. different Listen. since you mentioned that I have a confession to make Brad at um, <laughs> at at one point like probably in the second week before I got iron I really wanted something else I needed something else but I wasn't ready to go into the swamp. 
Um, and so I got on our on your server, Tenor and Olivia, and I borrowed two iron ingots from you. And I meant to <laughs> I meant to pay you guys back, and I just two whole ingots. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I felt really bad wait about for that. that stone cutting table. It, uh-huh. That's what it was. It was the stone cutting table. That's exactly what it was. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to build like a. Uh, I, I yep. need to build a big wall to keep trolls out, but a uh, spoiler yeah. alert, building a big wall only makes the trolls want to come tear your wall down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so this is, this is a perfect example. Like, so Brad, your instinct was to go borrow from your friends. My instinct was to <laughs> like find the shortcut as a, as a, like a classic. Your instinct was to become a god. I'm, and... I'm like a classic coastal elite. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like, why are you wasting your time borrowing from your friends when you can, <laughs> can shortcut the tax system and like <laughs> right. make it work for you? Just like, cheat the system and you, and you won. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, it, the, the hard work makes it worth it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm proletariat. Like, no, here's no, the stuff makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> what if, if you could just hit a button and get the highest tier armor, why wouldn't you do that? No. See, so, so to me, so it, it's, an, it's actually really an interesting thing to talk about because, um, because, because like literally if you think about it, so in a game like this, yeah. Where your sort of goal is to, like, because ostensibly, like, your goal can either be to, you know, you can follow the story and kill the bosses, whatever, mm-hmm. or you can just build the cool stuff, right? If you just care about building the cool stuff, yeah, and you want to, to do the building, then then that's totally valid. But, like, if the progression, so I'm, I'm taking, so I, I'm, I'm trying to make, like, an equivalent, you know, because obviously it's a little, it's a different type of game, so it's not a one-to-one thing. But I'm picturing yeah. if you play Dark Souls, right? Yeah. You went to console commands, and we're like, okay, give me the endgame armor and teleport me to the room after the final boss yeah i beat dark souls you know what i mean it's like okay so d- you're not playing the game yeah like there's a fine line between playing the game a different way and not, yes. I'm, I'm not trying to say you're doing that no 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 let me tell um, you now my redemption story so, <laughs> so i started out with creative mode and i built a cup you know i built a kind of little base and and i i i got my iron pickaxe which i i brought over and then brought home the cursed um, iron pickaxe the cursed you iron should pickaxe. bring it you should bring it into the server and we'll ceremoniously go out and we'll exactly. throw it throw it in the ocean but so then <laughs> what started to happen was i was less as i moved from like my base was built and i'm like well now i want to go exploring I felt slowly less and less interested in in just immediately getting stuff. So I was like, so I started setting these like artificial constraints. I was like, well, I'm only gonna create food. And then I was like, well, why don't you just make food? Cause that's kind of interesting and fun. Um, so by the end, like pretty much uh, the, like I, after bone mass, I didn't do any of it. Like I just, I went into the the mountains, all of my work in the mountains and the, and the plains was all just so basically i i what would you say I, like i i was born again <laughs> <laughs> into the into your way of thinking and and it's it, it happened like kind of slowly it wasn't like i had an epiphany or like you know god struck me with with a bolt of lightning yeah I, it's, when it, oh, go ahead i should say I, Odin, gonna, I guess <laughs> it's interesting how even though valheim hasn't like ostensibly doesn't support these these like different ways of play really Mm. um it's very much like structured around okay you need to fight these bosses so that you can unlock the next like level of resources so you can keep that progression going and they don't have a built-in creative mode 
Um, but people like very quickly sort of integrated that. Uh, yep. And it, it still still functions, right? Like um, people are still building like the eye of Sauron, you know, <laughs> um, and everything uh, in creative mode. Uh, but the the way that differs from Minecraft, which had it from like the very beginning, yeah, is really interesting, right? Because those are those are two different ways of experiencing the game, and yeah. a lot of their development time went into the the resource progression, like how you unlock things, where you unlock them, the order you unlock them, um, like ways you can diverge from that path. Yeah, and and I feel like actually one of the things that makes Valheim so charming to me is it does feel like that they are not trying to make it a Minecraft creative mode type game. Yeah, they're yeah, trying to roar people to be like really grounded and really like invested in the little details, right? That's, that's they have carts that you can pull around to transport your resources, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's that article about how they, like, regret portals. Yeah. <laughs> because that sort of, like, uh, you know, the whole point is is that sort of, de- is the de- developing, right? Developing the roads and the resource paths and the yeah. and going out and exploring and sending people to go get resources and come back and then expand that way. Like, that's the sort of experience that I feel like the game wants to be. And that's what the whole, like the whole narrative framing is is sort of trying to do and so it's an interesting problem that they also made it this sort of creative survival game where people naturally want to do really cool awesome stuff like outside the, the constraints that they're trying to put on the gameplay um yeah yeah and i think the one real challenge for me is just the time so mm-hmm. because it's one some thing... of it is a bit much like it, yeah. it's one too many trips you have to take yeah. and yeah and i think because i think if 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 mine like if it didn't feel so repetitive like if it weren't just like you need to literally you need a hundred iron say to create a Mm -hmm. set of iron armor to Mm -hmm. like with all the upgrades right so if it just like the first hour or so that you're mining iron you're like oh this is kind of interesting and i'm going through these little crypts and um but i read somebody's review who was talking about and this was someone who had played like you know a couple hundred hours of the game but they were just like at some point you just pass that boundary where you're just like, okay, another crypt. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's the I'm problem. kind of in that space, right? Yeah. Now. It's the oatmeal problem again, that we've talked about before. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, how different is this next crypt? Well, I know I'm going to run into these enemies and these configurations at, and these turns and twists. And just so I can get, you know, an arbitrary amount of iron that seems mm-hmm. like it's 10 times as much as I should actually need to make my, helmet upgrade right (laughs) although anyway so i I think that's just for me that's the one place where i feel like that's the challenge of it i i do feel like within that though um, you mentioned that you know that the crypt is going to look like this and it's going to be around this corner and you have to do this thing and then um i even with that even knowing what was going to be in the crypts i i still feel like because it's procedurally generated so much of the world is um it's still exciting yeah like i've done like it's tons beautiful of beautiful also yeah it's, it's just mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and and the uh, looping back to that the problem of things being so far away and having to you know if you didn't have the portals or the fact that you can't teleport uh, uh metals through the portals ores through the portals um because it's so gorgeous i loved I truly loved being on the ship and doing the ship yeah. mechanic. 
Yeah. That was beautifully well done. And the weather system. Taking yeah. the long that, way around sort of thing, you know, yeah. it, it was just, it just was very nice. Yeah. Yep. And the storms, right. When oh, being, being in the middle of a storm was uh, on the boat in the middle of the storm yeah. in the ocean was thrilling. Yeah. I kind of wanted this boat to take damage. Like I, I know that. Well, that it does. For, if you do. get, it, it, it does. If you get like thrown off the top, like if you're at the, the crest of a wave when you come down yeah you can take damage from that yeah but right. it's, it's it's still pretty hard to take a significant amount of damage yeah but wouldn't that be cool if like you get out in a storm and suddenly there's a chance your boat could sink <laughs> you'd be like oh my god <laughs> i yeah. better because then the instinct right is like i've got to find land right away which which yeah again i felt that more with night like because i'd be caught out mm -hmm. at night sometimes in the ocean mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh i've just got to find the nearest land point because i don't know where i am and i'm in you know I don't want to like run into planes by accident because I'm going to die. And and I I thought that that was kind of a an extra thrill to be sailing at night and you're trying to get somewhere and there's a storm coming and yeah. uh, you can barely see because the storm and the same thing uh, I I just started the mountain biome last night and I got up there and a big storm blows in right yeah the blizzard you're already. Yeah. And you're so you're sitting there in this blizzard and it's just stunningly gorgeous. And side note, it's amazingly, stunningly gorgeous that they've done it with such simple, yeah, simple graphics. Yeah. It's just like they're, they're like their their models are not very detailed. It's just like, yep. And they're just using like all kinds of like blend, like bloom effects, and yeah. but they're doing it really masterfully. Yeah. Um, that, and it's that I, in, like the that first time itself. I saw a deer walking across like the meadow at, you know, from like the very far reaches of like where I can see, I was just mm -hmm. like, wow. Yep. Like, and, and I was constantly just shocked and in awe of how beautiful it was after every corner and each new little thing I found, like each little meadow felt unique and beautiful and like yeah. a, yeah, like it was really special. Yeah. Even though it was using just like four different tree models and yeah, like that, two that different thing rock shapes. That it's using those those same tree models and rock shapes over and over and over again. But it feels almost to the level of a really highly polished gigantic game like Elder Scrolls Online or one of those, yep. you know, one of the uh, Oblivion maybe uh, from, uh, I mean, it's definitely more realistic looking than morrowind and we played the you know most of us played the hell out of that um well, even just in terms of like the sense of scale and how like natural the spaces feel to me even yeah, if they're not yeah. like photorealistic mm -hmm. yeah. um it still is probably in like the top five uh for me in terms of the the world design and considering yeah. that it's procedurally generated yeah and you don't run into areas that were clearly like stamped repeatedly all that often like, With the exception yep. of like is... structures, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, but it's, it's even those there five... was variation. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a five-person team that's been out for like eight weeks, maybe. <laughs> that blows me away. In early yeah, access, absolutely blows me away. And I mean, I remember playing earlier Minecraft and other games like that, where like, yeah, they they didn't have any structures, or yeah. there was like two that were everywhere. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's very. It's yeah. Well, and the integration of some of them, like that's the thing that I've been amazed by. Like, it's not just that they're placing structures, but some of them are really cleverly integrated into the landscape in ways yeah. that are just like the the in the plains, the the little villages that the God, the fuelings yeah. have. Like, 
they've got like a fully and the villages are all these different arrangements too it's not just like the same village every time mm -hmm. some of them have like little farmlands going around the edges and and you're just like all of this had to be placed in a in a spot that works and then like essentially integrated into the landscape and it's it's really really an accomplishment yeah. so and and also actually i i want to talk a little bit about the biomes in this game really quickly because um so so one cool thing about Minecraft is exploring and you find a biome that you've never seen before or whatever. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a cool biome, like whatever. It's a jungle. They're rare. Here's here's one, right? But every jungle it looks the same, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Each jungle looks like every other jungle other than just you sort of knowing this specific tree in this spot, right? There's no real way to really tell them apart. Mm -hmm. um, in Valheim, every single black forest I found felt like a different place. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. And I think it has a lot to do with the way they used elevation and the way they yeah. use, you know, lots of different things like that. Um, but I was totally just absolutely shocked. Like you can, I like Tanner. I said this over and over again when we were playing that like literally every black forest feels different. It doesn't feel like like so literally the south black forest and the north black forest on our map map i could tell which one we were in if you just gave me a screenshot wow of yeah. a portion of it like uh you know and that might be exaggerating just a little bit because you know obviously they, they use a lot of the same things but like it really truly felt that way and i felt and i can't even really put my finger on why other than literally just the way they played with the elevation and like the terrain shape mm -hmm. uh in different places yeah. And I would say the only thing that if like sort of talking about the seams a little bit, um, the only thing that they seem to struggle with a bit was there were some little pockets biomes that would crop up from time to time. I love that. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just, but it, to me, it, it like, if you're, if you're looking in an otherwise really incredible technical accomplishment, it's, it was, I think it felt like a seam. Like when you see clipping mm -hmm. in, in a wall or something, you're like, what? oh, so there's like three square feet of planes right here, <laughs> like in or between. Or the, you know? the, the thing that bugged me was only, was because it would change the sort of atmospheric effects. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes like, so if you like were on, if you're like in the water right outside yeah. a swamp, Yep. It didn't look like a swamp at all. And then you go a little bit too close and then everything turns green and yeah, black and, and you're like, oh, okay. There's a fog all around. <laughs> and it's you're suddenly in trouble. Is scary. Yeah. 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 That was that honestly is my only complaint that I really had about the sort of feeling yeah. of the space. Yeah. But, and because I, the oh, go ahead. I just gonna say because the biomes like are so heavily tied to the uh, the difficulty, um, when you have like super small pockets that can be kind of a frustrating experience because, you know, oh, I'm trying to avoid this. Some mosquito just came out of nowhere and like killed like me. Next to our base yeah, those that we guys made, are and there's like one mosquito yeah. spot. Because it can spawn on like, a, you know, a 10 square foot area and then it can fly over and kill you. And you're not necessarily expecting that. And the game kind of makes this promise of like, okay, you're in the black forest or the swamp. This is the difficulty level that's going to be. Yeah. Um, and then you can think, oh yeah, it's just swamp for miles. And you can get that kind of like, uh at least to me it isn't isn't super fun when that happens <laughs> <laughs> yes and again yeah, i i think the technical accomplishment is it's incredible it's just it that's the one place where in terms of the procedural generation it'd be cool if they smooth like just a little smoothing probably i know it's i'm saying it like it's an easy thing to do but um anyway. i i really liked some of those areas in fact uh tenor and livy you guys made your 
one of your your swamp base right on uh, like in a meadow like a corner between them that was a meadow between a black forest and a swamp right am i remembering I that remember right remember which one you're Oh, oh yeah. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, so it's, it's, yeah, it was in a weird, it was in one of those little weird spots for sure. That, those yeah. are, I, I yeah. like those little areas because. Uh, I like them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would build a, 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 start building basically a keep. Yeah. Which is exactly what you would, that's where you want to keep, right? On the good solid ground that's far enough away from the swamp where you can like build up a keep to defend that spot. Yeah. And, and uh, so that felt really uh, I don't know, natural and rewarding and almost historical in a weird, dumb way. Yeah. Well, it actually creates really funny possible experiences too. Like um, a couple of nights ago, I was trying to raid a f like a fueling village and it was right next to a swamp. And all of these uh, like Draugr kept coming in from the swamp to attack the fuelings and the fuelings would just crush them. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of hysterical to watch from a distance, but it also helped <laughs> with my raid because like they were all distracted by these these attacking. But yeah, like, so gray dwarves, there was also like a pocket of, of black forest. So like gray dwarves and Draugr were like pouring into this village and, and then the villagers <laughs> would just mow them down. And there were these like huge piles of resources from where they were being <laughs> killed. Yeah. But it just happened over and over and over because they just kept respawning. <laughs> so it there are some really like fun, you know, procedural moments that can come out of that stuff. I think as I, well. I like to imagine the Benny Hill theme playing in the background when <laughs> exactly. that as they get blown down wave after wave. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So wait, was that Robbie about to talk? Who was that about to talk? I don't know. I, I just sighed. Well, I, I just wanted to say that um, one thing in general about this, this genre that I don't know if this is, this is clearly not as true for some of you as it is for me, at least lately. Um, what I love about them so much is that they constantly surprise me. Yeah. Right? The, the the first time, like, because I, I purposely went into this game, I, did, I really tried very, very hard not to look anything up at all. I wanted yeah. to sort of find, you know, figure out what the things were by encountering them and that sort of thing. And the first 20 hours of playing the game was filled with constant surprises. Like, oh, I can build a cart. Wait, you can actually pull the cart? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and and then just playing around with that. And then just first, the first time you see a troll and being like, oh my gosh, Tanner, what is that? <laughs> you know, from across the... <laughs> and then, you know, those moments are just so... yeah. Some of my favorite, one of the fav my most favorite things about playing games in general, and especially games like this, are the fact that you have those sort of moments of yeah, yeah, of of not knowing what something is. But but I but I say that just to say that um, often with these games, when that sort of mystery and surprise starts to wear off, yeah, is when I start to lose interest in the game. Um, and, yeah, and, and I still am absolutely, like, I, I absolutely love the building system. I apps, but I have a hard time wanting to come back now, partially because Monster Hunter Rise came out, but also, <laughs> uh, there we are. Uh, but also, um, just because I'm like, okay, I sort of feel like I, I figured I, I know, like, I haven't even been to the plains biome or the mountain biome yet. And I still sort of feel like I, that, that I, that the surprise is gone. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. And but it's just interesting though, right? Because these games are like I still spend an absurd amount of time playing the game and most of the time I don't even want to go do those things. Like while I'm playing, I just want to sit there and build, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's it's kind of like 
I mean, you've, you've totally made me remember the first time, like when I started Skyrim and after the big opening sequence in Skyrim, they leave you like on this little path and they're like, hey, head to that town. And I still remember, and I still remember this from going out of the vault in Fallout 3 too, and going out in, and in both cases, it was nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I just had no idea what this big open world had in store for me. And, and that moment, like, in some ways, is the best moment of any game I ever play. <laughs> like, it really, like, you know? honestly, I totally agree. Like, that, you know, it's hard to even put to words, like, so that feeling. Yeah. Of- uh, like, is anything dangerous about to happen? I don't know. Is something really cool about to happen? I don't know. But that that sort of endless possibility, and I totally identify with that. But what I was just going to quickly say is that I feel that same thing in other genres as well. Like the first building I lay down or a couple of buildings I lay down in a game like Banished are way more interesting to me than the, you know, like... Yeah. So it's always like restarting. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem with, with games, right, is like 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 fallout 3 i can't ever go back to that first moment again but i keep trying to recapture it like in in other games or in other spaces and it, it's I, I i just wanted to mention it because I, I feel like it's a really powerful That's a good thing point. yeah yeah and and i do feel like you're right that so often with a lot of games because of that i will like games like banish let me talk about last time i haven't played banish but <laughs> <laughs> i i do like city skylines for example every time i boot up that game i always want to start a new game because yeah yeah that the sort of initial <laughs> the, the sort of initial loop is once you get comfortable it's not fun anymore right no. um, i think feels like i work. think i think that this game i think that valheim uh, the reason that it 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 lasts so long that way is because there's so much to keep exploring, and I, I've the just, world is very, very large. It's such a big world, and um, even if you're you're really good and you're you're playing a lot, like I obviously did, so many hours, um, you're still only gonna explore so much of it in a given time, mm-hmm. and then it, and that's only if you're just exploring. There's yes. always something new. And even even like you were saying, Olivia, you could tell the difference between the North Black Forest and the South Black Forest. Every one of those seems like a new experience to me the farther I go out from the center of the map. And and I think that's that's what keeps it feeling like the first time yeah. you boot up a, a a city skylines or a banished. And you you f- in those two games, in, in city skylines and banished, that initial um, response that you guys are both describing is where you're checking out the lay of the land and you're seeing the potential of what's there. Well, I think Valheim, there's so much more potential that you don't know for, and you won't know for a long, long time if you if you keep playing and, and discover the whole map and decide where you're going to build. And uh, in fact, that's one uh, sort of an interesting regret, I guess is uh, the best word I can come up with, that I, I regret that I can't, fully populate this whole planet with little villages and make them all unique and give them all a a sort of a narrative in my head and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a big world. And right after I finished or or right as I'm in the middle of building one village and I sail to another part and then I find a bigger, nicer meadow. And I want to build it. Oh man, I want to start over right here. And, and I, I think that that's why, uh, if you had a team, so you can have up to 10 people playing on a server. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine that playing a 10 person server 
where everybody takes almost like building your own little kingdom, you know? Um, and like, I'm going to take the, the, you know, the lower fifth or this, this little quadrant down here. Uh, that seems really satisfying, uh, uh, being able to, to, to complete is not quite the right word, but being able to fill in that world like that. Yeah. Um, and, and putting off extending that moment of, uh, of new, new exploration that you guys are talking about in, in, uh, city skylines and, and, uh, banished. The, the player cap is definitely something I, I wanted to bring up uh, before we wrapped up because, uh, like, I think you're exactly right, Brad. Like, um, it would be really interesting to see, uh, like, a full, fully populated uh, server. Um, that's part of what was so addicting for Minecraft for us in high school because we were in the, the, the residential school that had the LAN network. So mm -hmm. there were like probably like 50 people playing on this one server and it had a mod for factions. So you could claim land and go and like seek out new territory. And so you could randomly come upon some other town or some other outpost. Um, but that was on a server that had like 50 or 60 people playing regularly. Uh, yeah. and, and comparing it to like other games that in the genre that have, you know, sort of pursued those like high player cap counts um, like a ton of people can be on a Rust server, you know, et cetera. Um, it's interesting to me that they limited it to just 10, because to me that feels like the like a pretty comfortable cap for like one group of people to like work together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because a lot of a lot of that repetition and things like that was was you know uh, sort of a, a non-issue when we were playing Minecraft. Because somebody would have gone and, you know, went on a run to go and do a bunch of that stuff. And then, like, it's just available. And you go and do something, you know, and, and you end up grinding less uh, overall, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that they, they specifically have tried to keep it, uh, you know, sort of player versus environment is really what they're going for, yeah. uh, from what I understand. Um, but I'm interested to see... Uh, if they'll expand those player caps, I mean, I'm sure there'll be mods uh, in short, yeah, short time uh, for that. But sort of in the meantime, I'm curious what the developers intend and what their thoughts are about it. Well, Oops. I know, like you, Tanner, I think it's it's almost time to wrap up. But Ravi has a comment, so I'm going to stop talking. Oh, I was I was just going to ask where we think uh, they're going to go. Like, do they have a roadmap? They do. Um, it's really sparse. It's all about content too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's about content and, and moving out in that direction. Um, but it, as it kind of relates to that on their roadmap, looping way back to what uh, Olivia said at the very beginning about how you guys in the audience, uh, in the podcast land audience out there, might have have probably heard about Valheim. I, I just wanted to make the point that when we started, like a couple of days after we started playing this month, so. So, you know, uh, 30 days ago, um, <laughs> they, they put out an announcement that they reached 5 million players. And about two weeks after that, they were up to 6 million. And it, it is absolutely remarkable how much this game is just exploding. Uh, and I think that's worth, that says a lot about 
what the game is and what the game does. Um, okay. Um, now I'm it. It is a good game, and I do enjoy what they made. Do you think they would have as many players if COVID never happened? <laughs> you know, honestly, no. But it's actually that's actually a whole other interesting conversation because yeah. I feel like it's. <laughs> There's so many reasons that that's interesting because I yeah. also think that it's really indicative of the way that it feels like right now that there's certain indie games that are inexplicably like exploding into popularity. Yeah. yeah. Um, over among and over us. again. Yeah, Among Us. I mean, I guess Fall Guys sort of as yeah. well. Uh -huh. um, and and those two, I sort of felt like it was like a pattern of what sort of game was you know becoming popular in that yeah. way, but. Um, you know, I, I would say actually Fortnite when it first started becoming popular was sort of that strange sort of inexplicable like thing as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that was that was a little bit longer ago, I guess. But it's just really interesting to me how yeah how like why this game and mm -hmm. and and that maybe that's something we can sort of think about in sort of our closing thoughts. Like why is this game resonating with so many people? And um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I, I think Six probably million now. I just checked. I thought it was over seven. Yeah, they, they've they've passed that. I think. <laughs> um, which in a, in a month they've they've gained two million uh, above their their five million mark. That Ridiculous! They were just absolutely explosive. Yep. Um, on, on a on a side note, um, you guys are talking about these new games that are exploding. Most of my family right now is playing. Uh, one version or another of Stardew Valley. <laughs> so they're, they're all going throwback. Everybody from my youngest son, who's uh, 14 to my, to my wife. Uh, I mean, all... it's somewhat, I mean, that is honestly probably another good example of that happening, you know, yeah, the, COVID, being the, COVID the, effect. the sort of the indie darlings, I guess, the, the sort yeah. of unexpected so see, success yeah. stories. I, I kind of think it's, it's about, I mean, it's the same thing with, with Stardew Valley too. It's something that you can control Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like it's like yeah. um like yeah, more absolutely. so more so than just like a normal character it's like you know there's you you start sparsely and you build things up and you feel like you have a lot of control mm -hmm. yeah that yeah. is super super uh here's uh, the world satisfying. i want to live in <laughs> exactly even though it has even though it has uh gobble you know trolls yeah. at least they're killable right right, right. <laughs> plus i can run anywhere i, know where I, I want. stand I can go outside. I can hug. I can hug Look Halder. Look at this beautiful fresh air that I get to breathe. <laughs> right. Did you guys ever find the the merchant? By the way, because I found I it have not on not on local. our server. Our server I had to go to the, another server. Yeah, Tanner found one on another server too. I still haven't been to another server, so I've still just uh, been searching. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's me. I could bring yeah. you a, a fishing rod if you need. No, to. I will go and find my own fishing. <laughs> oh, you'd haven't. We didn't talk at all about the fishing mechanic. Uh, I haven't even I got to try so it, and things. it makes me so sad. Okay, okay here's, here's no, no, no. This is not a spoiler. It's just a small no, note. I, it's like we gotta wrap up. <laughs> okay, but I got one more thing to say. Um, all right. Of all the games that have, it's it's interesting to me that there are so many games that have fishing mechanics in them, and almost all of them are a different mechanic. That's mm -hmm. all I needed to say. It's just it's just a weird thing. Yeah. Why don't they all work the same way? You know, why isn't it just yeah. a bar? They're or a, all you know, special in their own. They are way. very special, uh -huh. and, and I love them all equally. I know you do. A S D. Just be grateful I didn't pick um, 
intergalactic fishing for my game this month. I really, really, really. <laughs> That's wanted on to. my list too. That's totally. I on really, my list. really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're we're winding up. I will. Let's see. Um, well, what are we playing next month, Robbie? That's wait. That's we gotta do gotta closing do thoughts. Oh yeah, that that. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> who put Brad in charge? I don't know. Jesus. God. That was our yeah. Um, closing thoughts. Who goes first? You. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, as I said at the beginning, this is probably my favorite. Uh, my favorite game that we've played that wasn't Elder Scrolls Online, which was one of my picks. Um, Thanks for the qualifier, because yeah. Joe is going to call you out on it again. <laughs> right, right. Um, definitely, um, I think this game just has so much potential, and it so, has so many loops that are so satisfying uh, all the way through. And I can see why it's, uh, I, why it's become such a popular thing. Uh, so, yeah, I... I can't say enough good things about this game. And I, you know, I had like a laundry list of other things to talk about uh, in, in this, but uh, there's only so much time in a podcast. Uh, this, the, the full sailing mechanics of sailing with the wind and the different points of sail and how they got all that in there. Uh, just so many little things that make this game great. Um, so that's my final thought. Joe, what do you think? <laughs> Well, I think it it's a procedural generation uh, masterpiece. Um, well said. I I the way that the world generation happens, and then the way that you're able to kind of manage uh, the the world, um, and uh, yeah, just the building of of the whole space makes me so happy because it just points toward where virtual worlds are headed. And it, it just makes me feel really excited that I'm going to hopefully be alive for 10 or 12 more years and be able to see like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, like the next step after this, which is going to be, you know, that level of detail in the generation with like high fidelity, like 4k graphics. And, you know, like, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be such an amazing time to be able to experience that stuff. And so, so as a landmark in that, in that process, I'm really excited. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I, it, it helped me understand how the love of, of mining and crafting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my final thought. Right. I can go. Um, so I can, I can gush over the, uh, the wonderful, procedural generation everything as well of course um that is the theme uh this season uh but but something um that endears Valheim to me is it feels like a game full of uh decisions that that I would like to imagine I would make as a developer you know I'm not gonna say oh yeah I totally would have uh made this this game that sell, sold like you know <laughs> seven million copies in less than two months um but i hey I to very... the rescue isn't out yet don't sell yourself i was just hey. about to say that that it, <laughs> you guys could be working on that game right now uh, hey yeah, well we'll see what happens but um i play so many games and it can be discouraging uh as a game developer where uh i feel like i'm on a different wavelength than their intended audience like i play a game and i'm yeah. like i don't get the appeal of this like so many multiplayer games yeah um yeah. <laughs> i just it, it doesn't click with me um and so it's it's 
refreshing to play a game where like so many things it's like oh well i would have done this and it's like yes they did uh like the cart is one of my favorite parts of the whole game the fact <laughs> that you can build the cart up with stuff it gets harder to pull the more stuff you put in there brilliant um and you can build a road and pull it across the map uh so i really appreciate um all those little touches mm. nice um I guess I can go next. The I yeah, like like I said really early on and I tend to do this when I should save things for my final thoughts. Um <laughs> but I I feel like this game did a lot of things that I had been hoping the genre would do. Um which is to have a cool theme would and be stylistic and and really be interested in sort of look and feel of the game and, and yeah and the generation is something that i really wasn't expecting it to be so masterfully done when i went into it i was expecting you know same thing like i said same thing as every other one i had played good enough you know um but it really really creates a really awesome environment and a really cool world and and yeah and i really do see why it is so successful just because i i imagine that it's an itch that if people didn't realize that they you know we're we're hoping to find that they did as soon as they saw the trailer like i did <laughs> um that yeah that it's just because it also doesn't over innovate like it doesn't try and, and 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 introduce like lots of gimmicks but it takes the genre and elevates it in really cool ways yeah yeah robbie what so are your thoughts i uh, enjoyed my time with this game very much. Um, they clearly had, especially for it being um, early access, um, they clearly had a, a, a vision and they they stuck to it. And if they keep, I don't, I don't know, like for, for it being early access and it being as, as good and satisfying as it is, if they just keep doing what they're doing, I, I can only imagine um, where it ends up. Um, and that's really it. Oh, you know what? So there, actually, so I meant to bring this up earlier, so I'll just put it here in my closing thoughts. Uh, the reason why I feel like it was uh, as successful as it's been, there, I've been watching a lot of Frozen 2 with my daughter. There's a line that Olaf says, you know, uh, I call this controlling what you can when things feel out of control. And I feel like that kind of explains maybe a little bit of the success yeah. uh, of this game. Thanks, Olaf. Um, yeah. Um so yeah, so it was a great game and I'll I'll probably keep playing it. Um I think it'll be something I, I keep revisiting and I can't wait to yeah. see where it goes. And I can always relaunch the dedicated server. Yes. <laughs> I have more hours in the dedicated server than I do in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but for next month, uh we will be playing Wildermyth, or possibly Wildermyth, if you uh, like weird pronunciations for things, <laughs> uh, developed by World Walker Games, and it is a, uh, a tactical RPG with procedural story elements. I'm really excited to see how they do procedural story generation. Um, that totally intrigues me. So. I yeah, I can't wait. I've already downloaded it while we were while we were recording this. I've been downloading it. So 
uh, fantastic. You should have said you, you'd been playing it. (laughs) (laughs) I've already got an hour and a half in. (laughs) Right. I'm going to, I'll be up till four playing it. Um, all right. Well, so we're at the end of this episode and, uh, we hope you guys play along with us next month for Wildermyth. Um, the music playing underneath us is Plain Loafer by Kevin McLeod. Check out his stuff online if you need any kind of background or uh, uh, background music for your projects. He's got great stuff out there. Um, if you do play along, if you have played along with us, uh, or if you play along next month, leave us a comment on our Facebook or join our Discord. Uh, there are links to all of that stuff on the website at littlerockgames.com. Um I think that's it. So until next week, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.